you freaking auto? This, this is Brock and Salk. Brock Eward is my hero. Jay Buter just punched me in the kidney. Powered through the Alaska Airlines studio. On Seattle Sports. What we're going to do, you're a manager. That doesn't really work that way, Sherm. This is a show that has my name on it. It kind of does, though. Brought to you by Carter Volkswagen and Ballard. Now, here are your hosts, Brock Eward and Mike Salk. Hello! Yeah, final hour of our show today. Pete Carroll will join us coming up in 30 minutes. Really looking forward to talking to him about where his team is at, about some of that speed and power and physicality and energy that we saw in a game that I thought Thursday night was the most fun preseason game I can remember in quite some time here in Seattle. So looking forward to talking to the coach about that. Been a little while since we've sat down with Pete and I'm down over at the Virginia Mason Athletic Center this morning to have some of that conversation with him. Uh, good, good talk with Passon. I mean, one thing that jumps out to me there, Brock, yes, the athleticism, yes, the Mariners should be out there beating Kansas City as many times as possible, and they still can here win the next three, and I think you've done just fine in this series. But um, I, I think about that idea of building your team around arms and some of the danger just because of the unfortunate reality that arms sometimes, you know, go south on you because of health. And then the idea that you probably can keep six of the seven, meaning there's a good chance you're looking at dealing one. Here's the thing. I think you can make a reasonable case to deal one and sign one. Mm -hmm. If you go back and remember, again, the Mariners, and and it's too early really for this conversation. This is is an off-season conversation. Yes. But I I can't help but think, as, as you're coming down the stretch here, like if you were to, if you have trouble signing bats, and you can sign arms, and you want to go out there and sign someone like Blake Snell, who obviously has major connections to this area, that that would maybe free you up to treat to trade one or two of your big-time starting pitchers and thinking about what you could get back for them that could help the rest of your team and your lineup, mm-hmm. and knowing that arms are going to be somewhat fickle because of the injuries – it sounds like a better and better idea, even though there's not one guy that I specifically want to yeah. deal. Well, and then you've got to remember, and it's hard to remember because Robbie Ray went out with his opening start, but there is a Robbie Ray, a former Cy Young Award winner, who I believe will be in a kind of quasi-contract year where there's an option after it. And oh, by the way, Marco's going to make $13 million next year in the final year of his contract that he had signed yep. and extended. So you've got both of those factors uh, in place. My mind actually went a little little different direction with that passing interview actually went two ways i'm going to take this two ways one a little bit more relevant to the next five weeks and then one to a hypothesis that you can either try to shatter or add to uh the former of that is you know in 40 some days comes playoff baseball i mean it comes just kind of into the 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 windshield here it's right it's not that far away right 40 some games away and when jeff was talking about october baseball being different Tell me that this weekend did not bring you back to some degree to the Houston series. Mm-hmm. Right? I was when thinking the same thing as Jeff was talking, that sort of almost good enough thing. Correct. Correct. Where you're like, man, you know, you do so many things good. Your pitching is elite, you know, and your defense is super sharp. But, man, when you're playing against these teams, the margin for error, right, is so small. It's inches, right? It's going over the wall. It's a foul ball. It's a, you know, it's just one of those little inches, as was that 18-inning game against those Astros. But – that's the step. 
is elite as your pitching can be, and it was certainly in some of those playoff games last year, and it certainly was over the weekend, there is still a need. There's still a step, be it consistency or whatever it is going to be as they dig into offensively. Mine certainly went there as he talked October baseball to this last weekend against Baltimore, feeling just like that, mm-hmm. right, and looking and sensing just like that. So that's number one. Number two, here's my hypothesis, that as much as I don't like a lot of this youth baseball ridiculousness, as much as I think perfect game destroys some arms and creates hype and, and some unrealistic expectations, I do wonder how it's, if it's become cool to hit the ball really hard. If it has become super cool to throw the ball really hard, then now you measure these things in ways you didn't 10 years ago. Then now at these combines, sulk, how fast you run first to first, how fast you run around the bases, how much exit velo you get off of your bat, how much velo you throw from the outfield, how much velo you throw from shortstop, right? That it has just created these very clear markers like, yeah, man, it's cool to be a dynamic athlete. And the more athletic I am, I got a buddy of mine maybe listening right now. <clears throat> He's got two sons. And one of them is just a, a great pitcher. He's kind of like George Kirby probably was in high school or college where the velo isn't there, but the command's unbelievable. Great player. But he goes down to these perfect game showcases and he doesn't show out. And the other son who's not nearly the player, <laughs> not nearly been as productive, but has these wow stats and hits a ball with exit velo that's off the charts. And, you know, he's being celebrated and being recruited way more than his other son is. So I do wonder in this just level of athleticism that we're seeing that it's cool. Man, it's cool to be Max Clark, right? The third pick that just has crazy athleticism and crazy power. And, uh, in, in, in Holiday, right? The kid that went number one overall to Baltimore. Like it is, it, it, there's a cool factor to some of these yeah. measurements of athleticism that so weren't what, there 10, 15 what's, years what's ago. What's your takeaway from that? That it's going to continue to ramp up the athleticism. Oh, yeah. That it's okay. That, you know, you don't have to go play See, basketball I thought you were going to say it's going to, continue, it's going to hurt some of the actual gameplay because you're taking traits rather than taking, you know, guys who just seem to understand. No, the, the game's game humbling like enough that, that I think I it will massage agree. out yeah. a lot of that yeah. <laughs> over time. But now we're adding Otani like traits. Now we're adding Dela Cruz like traits. Now we're adding, I mean, yeah. Whit Jr. running around the bases look like. It's, it's a good point. I want to go back to your first point though, because I, I think that there's an interesting question in there about whether or not, you know, playoff baseball and how this team is built for it, et cetera, and whether or not they could take on the Orioles or the Astros or whoever it is. The other thing that's sort of laden in what Jeff said is that there's possibility it's all just luck. That as good as the Braves were, they were the best put-together team over the course of 10 years or so, they won once. Mm-hmm. That as good as Cleveland was during that stretch, and you go back and look at that lineup, it was insane. Is one of the best lineups I've ever seen, one through nine. When they were throwing out there, Kenny Lofton, Manny Ramirez, Jim Tomey, Albert Bell, Carlos Baer. I mean, it's just like one guy after another coming at you. Richie Sexton, Russell Brannion. Oh, my God. that Those, those teams were insane. Sure. And they won none. Mm-hmm. They won zero. And they had good pitching. It wasn't incredible pitching. But you think about the the, the Braves being built with – a plus plus pitching and good hitting. Yep. You think about the Cleveland teams being built with A plus plus hitting and decent pitching, and neither was good enough. Yep. And is that because they weren't designed right? I don't think so. Is it because of bad luck? I know nobody wants to hear it, but maybe the word is bad timing instead mm-hmm. of bad luck in terms of when they happen to lose a couple of games. 
I just I, I or is it maybe better they to be... lost to the Astros and Orioles because they're not quite as good. I mean, and maybe they lost to the Astros and Orioles because of bad luck, bad timing, bad whatever. Or is it you just have to be great, great instead of elite and good? You better be great, great. You better would, be great pitching. I, I you better be great hitting. The Braves kind of were. Were they? They're pretty darn good, man. Yeah. They were some really good players. I mean, when you're talking about Hall of first ballot Hall of Famer Chipper Jones, Andrew Jones, Terry Pendleton for a little while. I mean, they had some really good players on those teams, and I, I obviously they won one World Series and made it to a few more. I mean, there's a reason that happened. Yeah, I don't know. It's just it's it it it's. It is real tricky <laughs> trying to win yeah, World Series in baseball. Real hard to win and all. <laughs> obviously, it's something that has eluded the Mariners here for quite some time. Pete Carroll coming up in 20 minutes. What did we say earlier about Pete? Old school principles with new school techniques. We'll talk to the coach in 20 after things you need to know next. After an off-season spent closing the gap, the Seahawks are getting to work. Seattle Sports is taking you onto the field with interviews, analysis, and exclusive behind-the-scenes coverage as Gino and the Hawks get ready for the 2023 season. Going to lay it up over the top. Got a man out there. It is locking. He's got it. Touchdown, Seahawks. Seahawks training camp now through August 24th on Seattle Sports. Your home for the Hawks. Dave Wyman here for Bellevue Rare Coins. I recently visited their Bellevue store and learned how their team evaluates the gold, silver, and fine jewelry people bring in. Evaluation is based on weight, metal purity, collectability, condition, and intrinsic value. Pretty fascinating. You may have some old jewelry, maybe a watch or gold coin. At Bellevue Rare Coins, you can learn exactly what they're worth for free. With locations in Bellevue, Linwood, Issaquah, and Tacoma, or online at BellevueRareCoins.com, there's a Bellevue Rare Coins store near you. Hey, Bob Stelt here for Asset Roofing. This summer, hire an asset to look after your biggest investment, the roof over your home. The Asset Roofing team is knowledgeable and passionate, and they are the local roofing professionals. This is a construction company that I personally trust. AssetRoofingCo.com. That's AssetRoofingCo.com. Asset Roofing. Excellence is on the house. Certified work is never in doubt. Asset Roofing. Excellence is on the house. Summer is here. If you're dealing with a pest problem, get the relief you need and the long-term protection you deserve with Issaquah Pest Control. Look, rodents and bugs can ruin your insulation or the structure of your home or business. Before it becomes a more costly issue, call Issaquah Pest Control, the fast, kind, and professional pest control service. And if you're in the pest control business or have an interest, they're hiring. So join the team. Issaquah Pest Control, serving the entire Puget Sound. IssaquahPest.com. You can now upgrade your windows and patio doors and save a lot of money during Renewal by Anderson's 31-day sale. Before August 31st, save $485 on every window. Save $835 on every patio door. Plus, save an extra $750 on your entire project. With no money down, no payments, and no interest for one year. Our sale is only 31 days. Don't miss your chance to save $485 on windows, $835 on patio doors. Save an extra $750 on your entire project, plus pay nothing for one year. Renewal by Anderson's 31-day sale ends August 31st. For an appointment during our sale, call 206-866-9600. 206-866-9600. That's 206-866-9600. 
You know that big bargain detergent jug is 80% water, right? 80% water? I thought I was getting a better deal because it's so big. If you want a better clean, Tide Pods are only 12% water. The rest is pure, concentrated cleaning ingredients. Ooh, pass me the intercom thingy. Attention shoppers. If you want a real deal, try Tide Pods. Don't pay for water. Pay for clean. If it's got to be clean, it's got to be Tide Pods. Water content based on the leading bargain liquid detergent. This is Pretection. Yep, Pretection. The everyday skin protection ritual that protects your skin from mosquitoes. Pre barbecue. Pre playground. Pre everything. Pre every day. Prevention is the best protection. This summer, make sure you have off the number one dermatologist recommended repellent brand, SC Johnson, a family company. We are Seattle Sports, the home of the Seahawks, Mariners, and everything Seattle Sports. Watch your favorite show live at seattlesports.com. Hey guys, Matt Coker here from West Coast Men's Health to let you know that you don't have to take Viagra for the rest of your life. Acoustic wave therapy has changed the game. Trust me, I've seen guys come in who have completely given up, only to see them back in the game after going through our treatment program. So call West Coast Men's Health today. With clinics in Redmond and Tacoma, call 206-519-6541. That's 206-519-6541. Online at westcoastmenshealth.com. Every business deserves a great deal. That's why, for a limited time, we're launching the Mobile Made Free event. With Comcast Business Internet, new and existing customers can find out how to get one line of unlimited mobile free for a year. Yep, you heard that right. An entire year free. It's our best internet, powered by the next generation 10G network and with 99.9% reliability, paired with the flexibility to bring your own mobile device for no extra cost. Plus, you can save even more on additional lines for anyone in your business who needs one. And a whole year of savings. Well, that adds up. Business-ready mobile service for free. Every day of every month for a whole year. Don't wait. The Mobile Made Free event is happening now. Comcast Business. Powering possibilities. In September 21st, 2023. Restrictions apply. Mobile offer requires 100 megabits per second internet package and new unlimited intro mobile service. Other restrictions apply. For over 111 years, Pacific Lamp and Supply Company has been your number one lighting specialist in Washington. From the Space Needle in Seattle and now all the way to the Riverwalk in Spokane. With the largest lighting inventory in Washington, Pacific Lamp's knowledgeable and experienced staff can assist you with any lighting issue, as well as help with intricate lighting and control designs. Plus, they work with all utilities in Washington to get you the best available lighting rebates. Pacific Lamp and Supply Company, Washington's lighting experts since 1912. Visit PacificLamp.com need to know. 15 minutes past every hour with Brock and Salk. Here's what you need to know. Up first. Fine, when you lose on a walk-off bunt to the Kansas City Royals, it can't be the best loss of the season, but there was at least some good news in there. There's no quit, certainly in this Mariner team. They didn't quit on this season. They didn't quit last night, and I think a lot of that is a tribute to the players, a tribute to their manager, a tribute to the way they were built. They were no hit through six and two-thirds. Not good. Everybody was, uh, natives were restless, I think you could say, Brock. Their starting pitcher, Logan Gilbert, had one of his worst nights that I can remember. Just didn't have it right from the gut, uh, right from the jump. And so they're down 5 nothing in the eighth before they finally just started going to work. And it was single and single and walk and good at bad. And then Julio with a big three-run double. And then it was two more in the ninth. 
with Julio providing what looked to be the go-ahead and possibly winning run. Here's the stretch and the 1-0 to Julio. Swing and a hard hit ground ball into left field for a base hit. Here comes Haggerty on the score. The Mariners have the lead. 6-5 to five here in the top of the ninth inning. Julio Rodriguez with an RBI single. His fourth RBI of the night. It's the Mariners 6 and the Royals 5. Yeah, everything looked great at that point. Unfortunately, they stranded, bases loaded, and then the next thing you know, you go to the you go to the next inning and Matt Brash gives it up. Just a huge yep. bummer after everything they had accomplished. Yeah, baseball spins some amazing tails. Like it, it, the ball seems to find you when you put somebody in there, and right now it is spinning a pretty remarkable story because as you said on the text last night, hey, you don't you don't get to the bottom of the ninth without Rojas. If he doesn't deliver the, the game tying run at that point, by the way, with two outs and two mm-hmm. strikes, uh, then you never do get to the absence of Seawald, right? <laughs> I mean, the, the characters in play here, Canzone, the big home run over the weekend. Rojas is looking a little more comfortable and putting together some quality of bats, and, and that trade is starting to make some sense. And then on the flip side of that, the other spin is... It would be nice to have Seawold take the ball in the ninth, man. All of that experience, all that background, all the big moment, all the equity that he has for you in those leverage moments. You don't right now, and it's just going to be time on task for whomever it is, whether it's going to be Brash again, Mooney again, Topa, Saucedo, whoever it's going to be is going to have to continue to grow grow in getting those final three most difficult outs. If you do end up in the playoffs, I get the sense that that answer is going to end up being whatever guy is out of the rotation. Bryce Miller sure seems like he would be a good candidate to come in in the ninth inning with the stuff he has and the mentality that he has. So it is definitely an issue right now. I don't know if it would be if this team can find its way into the playoffs. Speaking of which, they've lost three straight. Texas wins. Houston loses. Toronto off. So the Mariners will get it going in Kansas City again tonight. And good news on the Brian Wu front. He played some catch on the field. He's going to throw a bullpen next. And if that goes well, he should return shortly after he's eligible to August 20th. Here's the second thing you need to know. I don't know how good the Seahawks are going to be yet. Nobody will until we get a chance to see them in real live, you know, regular season game action. But everybody who's coming in here from a national perspective sure seems to walk away really impressed with what they're seeing. Albert Breer, Mark Schlereth. Yesterday it was Steve Smith, the old wide receiver, who you could add to that list. First of all, Geno Smith dropping a dime to to Swole Bones himself, uh, DK Metcalf in the back of the end zone, setting him up real good. And then, zoom, here comes the Blue Angel. <laughs> so they start practice, and they got a DJ. He's playing all, all types of music. And then he's talking, introducing, and saying, hey, this is what we expect. And then they had this team pump-up section. And the offense is all on this side, on one side, defense on this side. But the coaches are, like, going around the guys as they're in drills. I'm not trying to be cheesy, bro, but it was very refreshing to see almost like a college-like atmosphere with the excitement, the fanfare for the fans. It just made you, like, you could go, I'm not doing this. But then you start, it's like it's contagious. Well, and I think to have somebody like Steve Smith say that means a little Mm -hmm. bit more. He is not somebody who falls for it. You know what I mean? Uh, No. A couple years ago, Scott Service had some fun with the run differential, calling it a fun differential. 
Years ago, Saul Q talked about Russell Wilson. I think one of the first to kind of coin this term, just a fun factor. Mm-hmm. They're just a fun factor to watching the Wizard go about making the plays that he's making. And, yeah, man, for 14 years, Pete has not lost his joy of coaching, of leading, and creating fun through competition. And they've got heaps of it at just a number of positions. Can't wait to talk to the head man here in about 10 minutes. Here's the third thing you need to know. Uh, unfortunately, the first question we will probably ask him is a sad one, and it's about the horrible news yesterday as we found out. Former Seahawks running back Alex Collins has passed away at the age of 28. He was involved in a motorcycle accident in Florida. Um, gosh, just a real huge bummer, man. I just I was really, really struck when I heard it yesterday. He was one of my favorites. Loved watching him at Arkansas. Loved watching him when he heard the Seahawks. Rooted for him. Enjoyed talking to him. Uh, loved his story, remember, of how mm-hmm. he and his mom fought over whether he was going to go to Alabama or Arkansas. And she <laughs> wouldn't sign his letter of intent. I mean, he just, right. all the Irish dancing that he did, he was just sort of a unique character. I really enjoyed him. He had some success for a year in Baltimore, nearly a 1,000 yards, and then unfortunately killed uh, two days ago now in a motorcycle accident. Yeah, just Marshawn Jr. light. You know, we were chatting with Max Unger yesterday, and he gave some great insight to his favorite teammate. And, and certainly many of those players through that era all pointed to Marshawn. And Alex wasn't Marshawn from a talent standpoint at the NFL level. I'm still a terrific running back. Yeah. But he had the same kind of charisma, man, a likability. And you felt that as that news uh, became public last night, just 28 years of old, a horrific motorcycle accident. And there's still going to be... I think twists and turns with all the details of that, but at every single turn, just just devastating in many ways for his family and and prayers for mom and and the others in the Collins family that uh, just 28. And I saw a picture of him and Ryan Mallett, former Ravens teammates together. Remember, Ryan passed away earlier this year in a drowning accident in Destin and just... Far, far too young. Yeah, huge bummer. Very, very sad. I uh, want to give a little credit, though, to the Huskies. How about that? Preseason number 10, according to the AP poll. That's a good spot for them, and you can do something from number 10. Yes, you can. Yes, you can. You can climb. It'd be outside the top 10 hard to, to get to a playoff, but sitting there in that top 10, you get you got every opportunity. You're going to have it in the Pac-12 this year. You're going to have five teams. Well, you have five teams starting in the top 18. I can't really remember that. And you have the deepest group of quarterbacks conference has ever had. So in those five teams, you will play. You will play Utah. You will play Oregon. You will play Oregon State. You'll play USC, unlike a season ago. Very cool. All right, that is everything you need to know. We do that quarter past every hour here on the Brock and Salk Show. Appreciate you listening to it. Appreciate you being with us today. Uh, we're going to talk to Coach Carroll coming up here in a minute. I don't know if I was nervous for today or what, Brock. I felt like you having crazy dreams last night. I was tossing oh. and turning. I, like, yelled in my sleep. And Heather's like, are you okay? I was, like, yeah, cursing at somebody. Whoa. And then, Whoa. like, oh, yeah, like super. I had a dream that we slept through, like, fell asleep during the show. I don't know what was going on. I was out of sorts. So hopefully we can get it together to talk to the coach. Want to hear about this fast, violent, physical football team he's putting together, and we'll do it. Coming up next, I'm Brock and Salk. This, this is Brock and Salk. Powered through the Alaska Airlines Studio. Back in mornings from 6 to 10. On Seattle Sports and the Seattle Sports app. 
All right, just waiting on Coach Carroll, who should be here in just a moment or two for our preseason chat. Brock, been a little while since we've sat down with the coach, but of course we'll be doing it every Monday here at 9.30, following every game as we've done every year for what feels like forever. And then uh, K.J. Wright, K.J. Wright Show debuts or re-debuts tomorrow at 8 o'clock. We'll have K.J. in for the entire 9 o'clock hour. Do you think people will like that as much as last year? Uh, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. You think that'll be uh, a fan favorite again? Uh, I, I know it will be. And now that he's become this media darling, right? He's got his podcast. He's, he's on pre, you know, yeah, he's on the pregame. He's just, you know, doing all sorts of stuff. And uh, yeah, he will uh, inevitably be super transparent and add so much more insight that this QB doesn't always see, especially from the defensive side of the ball. Yeah, good stuff. Well, with that in mind, we don't have to play a special open. So let me just uh, welcome Coach Carroll to the show. Coach, good morning. How are you? Good. It's good to see you. Good. Nice to see you in the summertime. I know. Yeah, it's kind of a, a rare opportunity to get over here. Uh, unfortunately, before we get into some of the fun stuff here with football, I thought we would just start quickly with uh, the incredibly sad news yesterday about Alex Collins. We were just devastated when we heard it. Yeah, what a heartbreaker, man. Such a beautiful kid. If people don't know Alex, he had such a great spirit. He was so much fun. Loved, loved being around people, having a good time. Uh, was really a, a favorite personality in a, in a room. You know, he did all the kick dancing and amazing things that made him him. Uh, so we really do miss him. Big smile. Do you have some memories that kind of jump out to you when you think of Alex? Something you think? Oh about? yeah. Well, we we always we always loved the story about him, you know, about coming out of the SEC and being such a great player. And he was so humble about it. You know, he he was remember his record that he had that he tied with uh, Herschel Walker. The, three straight thousand yard years we always made fun of the, the fact that he was you know he was better than Herschel and stuff like that you know <laughs> and he was really humble about it but but he was really humble but yet he was a showman because he loved doing his kick dancing or whatever whatever that stuff the Irish called, dancing Irish yeah. dancing clogs or something and he was really good at it and, and uh, anyway he was just a, a wonderful kid and missed the heck out of him you know it strikes me Pete through the years that uh, you seem to gravitate towards personality and I, I don't know if that just finds you or maybe through recruiting and through drafting and through the process that you also uh, get enamored with guys that just have that kind of charisma. Is that a, is that a fair way to look at it? Yeah, it, that's, it's true. I, I do. I, I do uh, find a special place for those guys. And I, I just think that I love showing and celebrating their uniqueness. And, and I think it adds to the color of the team and, and, and the fun of it all. But uh you know, it's just been something that has happened. You're right. We've had a bunch of, you know, unusually kind of outstanding individuals. And, and uh, so that is part of our makeup for whatever reason. I can't tell you why. Can you talk to Mike B without laughing? No, I love Mike, man. He's 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 hilarious. It, to me, he, everything about him is funny because he, he's always looking at the world in this unique Mike B way. And, and uh, you know, to see him, did you see what he was wearing the other day? Oh, yeah. I don't. I don't even know what genre that would be from, but he, everything about him is just is just comical. Did so. you get to go back and listen to the TV tape of that? I game? did. No, yeah, of course. He's a riot. I could I not stop laughing no, throughout the entire game. And Mike Rob loves him too, you know, and and, and they they just have a, a nice way of playing off him. I thought uh, Kate did a great job too. She yeah. was amazing mm-hmm. uh, doing the game and putting up with those two knuckleheads. That was really fun. I know you got your doctorate at SC now, um, but where did sartorial come from? Because I had to look that word up. <clears throat> Yeah, well, um, I heard Duffy Doherty say that one time. 
a million years ago. I was uh, helping out my high school coach at, at the national convention in San Francisco, and and got to meet Duffy Doherty. You know, this this big. And right off the bat, he 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 said that that statement. I've never forgot. I was seventeen years old. Wow. Someone heard that came right the, up. The epitome of you, sartorial splendor. As soon as you saw Mike B. Yeah. So let's talk about this team. Give me uh, what sort of the overall vibe takeaway from camp so far. We're rolling really. We're we're uh, we're really the the vibe is very positive and very upbeat. Uh, it's a very competitive group. They like the way that we do it. You know, the, the, we challenge them to compete against each other, and they really are having fun with that. And, uh, there's a mentality about that that, that generates uh, an energy in, in practice and the way we work against one another that I think really brings out the best, and our best teams have been that way. So uh, uh, we've sent a big signal about you know developing the standard for how we operate and how we function, and these guys are, are, are they're really relishing that that opportunity today's comp wednesday for us you know for this week coming up and so this is the day that highlights all of that so we'll see if they can bring it back again last wednesday was a great freaking practice man we were rolling and uh, so we'll see if we can match it up again it, but it's their willingness to, to take part in the kind of the mentality of it all watching this team both on tv on on uh what was it, <clears throat> thursday night and also just to practice from my angle they look maybe a little faster and more physical and violent than we've seen the last well, few years? Well, we definitely are faster. And, and uh, the, the, I mean, I, today I, I, in, I just came out of the meeting here and I showed them uh, some of the fundamental proof of how we practiced and how it carried over to the game. And the whole emphasis last week and through preseason is running and hitting, you know, getting back to the real football mentality of it all. And, man, these guys are going. It, the speed does show up, and uh, you know that's uh, that's always a good element of, of teams. I, there's nothing I like more than a fast football team, and uh, hopefully we can keep that element, you know, showing up. And I know through the years, Pete, you've been able to gauge that with your eyes. Technology helps you out now today. Can you also say, technologically speaking, because I know you measure through GPS speeds on the field and acceleration and all the tools that you have, does this team also, through that data, measure up as, man, these guys are flying? Yeah, you must have been in our meeting. We just showed uh, uh, the guys that all hit 20 miles an hour faster in the game and, and showed – uh, you know, showed that because that's the part of the, the big element of running and hitting. And uh, we had a number of guys that were ran, ran over 20 miles an hour in the game in some some part of the their play. And so yeah, we are using that, and we are measuring. We do measure it in practice too. And so uh, it's just another way to kind of motivate them and you know jab them and sh- show them the good stuff and and who's doing what. And you know, one of the things that you guys may not realize that what that happens in these camps is I'm trying to get these guys to know each other. And so we show highlights every day, and the highlights aren't necessarily just for the play, but it's for the guys to learn who they're playing with. And so that they also not just learn who they are, but they learn to expect what they bring. And so uh, it's part of the accountability thing. You know, if it, once you show us who you are, then we can count on you being that. And, and uh, so it's a big part of what's going on here. And so that's all is that an element, part of the orchestration. Is there an element of trust to that also? Or, hey, I see that this guy can make these highlight <coughs> plays, so I trust that if I do my job and they're going to do Precisely. their job. That, that, that is what the whole point of it is, is, is to get them to trust and, and count on the guys around them. Uh, and that's so that not only that it builds their confidence to believe in the guy next to them, but it adds to just the relationship part of it. And so uh, all of this is really important. There's a lot going on, and uh, there, there's there's some... There's a little bit of wisdom in there somewhere. I'm not quite sure, but you know, it's something about building uh, for the for the you know, the setup of the season coming up. 
Pete, what are those uh, catapult systems express when Kobe knocks the lights out of somebody or Devin Bush uh, just stands somebody up? Does that all that acceleration just come to a complete stop or how does it? I'm just kind of yeah, curious how that I, quantifies. I, don't know. I can't really tell you. I can't really explain how that works. But it, it's there is an explosion, you know, from the collisions that they measure, too. Um, it's, it's all part of it. So there's there's a lot of metrics going on here. And, and we have a really good staff that tells us what's happening. I'm not telling you that I got it all embraced yet you know how to measure and, and how it you know fits but uh we have a lot of fun with it anyway and and, and uh, we showed today oh. we showed an uh, ai uh, illustration of a, of a robot playing tennis you know so we're we're, we're just we're just trying to keep wow. on the technical oh you know that here. big day here so that leads perfectly edge. perfectly yeah. to one of that t- the text that came in or the way you want to sum it up <laughs> with pete right as far as old school and i did have a, th- a new thought about you today after Uh-oh. years of talking yep. about how long have we been talking about pete? 14 it years like forever 14 uh, a new thought that i i described you today as somebody with old school principles and new school techniques i like that does that yeah. sound right? Well, there's no doubt that I'm old school. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm old. But, uh, <laughs> but uh, I mean, I just referenced Duffy Doherty. You know, who knows who Duffy Doherty is? I don't know. That's um, yeah, right. But, uh, um, yeah, the, but the fundamentals of this game really go back to the roots of it, you know. And, and I'm, a, I'm a real fundamentalist in, in, in old school and blocking and tackling and running and hitting and all those, those things. It's why we always work for balance and the things that you guys always, you know, are aggravated by. But, uh, but then, then again, the technology of it, the, the newness of it, uh, the uniqueness of the things that we constantly are uh, you know, competing to learn, um, that's the other element that, that is, it is part of our makeup. You know, if you don't stay curious, you know, then, you, then you've lost your edge, I think. And so uh, the curiosity really takes us in, in, in the realms of what we can learn from, from science as we're going, you know, and, and it also helps us to protect our guys better, too. I think many of us are curious where Gino goes year two. I know it's not year two in the NFL for him. It's a lot more than that. But year two, you know, as the starter coming in this season, uh, I guess, Pete, I'd frame it this way. What what are some things that are underappreciated? We see all the numbers, all the efficiency, all of that stuff. From your perspective, what are a couple areas that uh, that maybe Gino's a little underappreciated that can continue to take another step? I think the the – the main thing that comes to mind is his consistency. Uh, for instance, this was the day. Yesterday was the day that he comes to my office. He he has this mark from last year's calendar. And he, he he came on this very day last year in 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 camp to talk to me about what can I do better. What can I you know where do I need to improve? And, and uh, it was it was cute that you know he showed up and he's waiting there. He's all sweating after his workout yesterday, and he wanted to know okay what what do I need to do to get better. His constant about that and his constant and uh, consistency that keeps showing up, I think, is what's going to be the key to this season. You know, we're not asking him to do anything unique or special or out of the ordinary. We want him to just play the game like he, he knows how to play it. If he does that, then he's a great compliment to the rest of the club. So um, I, I think consistency is really his marker that, that, that will separate him and I think is going to show an, another great year. Does he need to be better than he was last year no. for this team to get not to where really, it's going? Not, not really, but he, he's he's aspiring to, of course, but... Uh, if he can, I mean, he, he led the NFL in completion percentage. He almost hit the 70 mark that we've been shooting for all these years. Um, I think he lost it in the last week of the season. But um, that's the same thing. If he can be somewhere in that area, then he will be giving us the kind of play that we need. And he looks great physically. He, he's really in great shape and ready to go again. So if you need him to essentially repeat his performance from last year, who has started to take the next step? Either rookies from last year that you see all of a sudden this year and starting to get it. Who who should we look to to be better than they were? 
the the tackles for sure and that was their first season playing in the league and and uh and starting and all that though those guys are so much more at home and at peace with what's asked of them and making their calls and technically how they they play and and using the you know the the footwork that that was new to them maybe the the hand punch that that was new to them last year they really seem to be in command of that uh i i think his connection with with dk and and with tyler will will improve i think we know each other better uh, and I say that he knows how to place the ball to those guys, and they're uniquely different receivers. Uh, the addition of a guy who looks like just such a, a natural with Jackson coming in, uh, I, I think is going to be a real enhancement. You know that uh, he, he is so at home in the position and what we want to play him at. It's a great fit. So I think it's going to going to elevate us. And on the defensive side. Uh, Mafe has jumped out. You know, here first year, second year, it's that same jump. I heard somebody talk on. Uh, I heard a clip of somebody talking about the the sophomore slump. I mean, it's, I don't. I don't have no no uh, connection to what that that thought is. One of the coaches said that. You know, the guys suffering from the sophomore slump. To me, it's the sophomore jump. I mean, it's them jumping up because of all of the experiences they had. They could not relate to that thought. Mm. All of our guys are going to do. Kobe has been fantastic in practice, and he played really well in the game. Uh, Kobe. Bryant, I would just expect that to happen. Tariq, uh, it, it's we're on a, such a different level uh, with Tariq Woolen talking about how he's doing the things he's doing, seeing the things he's seeing, and so all of those guys should all elevate their game and be a big factor to help us. Pete, what was the first year you were ever calling defensive signals? That you were the D coordinator calling the defense. Remember what? <clears throat> yeah, year? that was. Yeah, that would have been at uh, at the Jets. I don't know what year it was. The first year at the Jets, whatever the heck it was, coming out of the eighties. <laughs> so, somewhere back in the eighties. Do you remember the sophomore jump you took from being a play caller year one that's to a, a play point. caller year two? Yeah, it's a good point. There, there's there, that. It's it's the same. Uh, you're just so much more comfortable. You've been through all the first time experiences, and they don't seem to be as overwhelming as they were. You know, and you're clearer and you're calmer and and. Uh, uh, you're, I think you're quicker with your thinking and, and uh, you know, been there, done that kind of thing. And it only demonstrates how important each year is. But I think that the jump between year one and year two may be the most significant of all of them just because you've come so far from, from so little, really, in essence. Yeah. So. Well, we certainly saw that with Shane, and I think Clint's going to have that same opportunity. He's also going to have Pete. I can't remember in your 14 years here, I can't remember as much versatility on the back end. I can certainly remember talent and Hall of Famers and everything else, but as far as almost positionless, and Kobe speaks to it, and Julian speaks to it, and Devin, when he's back playing nickel, like the versatility that you have on the back end of your de- defense, is this as rich as any group that you've had from yeah, a versatility yeah, by, standpoint? By far. It's not even close. You, know, you go back, Diggsy was, a, was a, a nickel, too, back in the day in Detroit. Uh, that play, that that the challenges of that that position carrying over to his play now you know covering receivers and all uh julian is just he's just the swiss army knife he's done everything and uh he's so comfortable and so natural and such a great communicator too he's gonna he helps guys play better around him um uh, so and kobe is really the illustration of it right now and kobe is really uh taken to playing safety uh, that's a marvelous jump he'll also be able to play corner for us when we need him to and and so to have the, all of those, uh, you know, those facets in, the, in our guys' games really is. I'm glad you noticed it because it's going to be a real, uh, real attribute. And I think uh, Devin will be another one that you will see. Devin's going to be a really good nickel. Uh, he's going to be really good because of his competitive matchups with inside receivers, uh, being able to play one-on-ones with those guys in, in, on a really high level. That plus his blitzing mentality and all, he's going to be a, a, 
uh, a really good player for us there. And he'll he'll play just uh, you know in, in same fashion outside. But the nickel thing. Is, how just how is he outside? Out. Oh, he's really good. He's just as challenging as you can get. You know, he he uh, he's quick enough. Uh, fast enough, but it's really the special instincts that he has. He feels things happening before a lot of other players. There's a, in, in playing DB, there's players that will play that will react to what they see, and when they, they see it happen, and then they react. So they see a guy run the out route. As he breaks on the out, they, 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 they break on it. Uh, uh, both Devin and, and Tariq also, because of his receiver background, you'll hear him say all of the time, I could feel the the in route coming. I could tell it was a, it was going to be a quick game uh, situation, and, and he has a different level of awareness that makes him in a better position more often. And so that's why these guys are standout players, you know. And so um, fortunately, Julian Diggs for sure, Kobe Bryant, those guys are all very very instinctive players. And so hopefully that will give us an edge at times that will make us different. Versatility is a byproduct of the college game a little bit where you see so much different scheme and styles and everything else. And then likewise, a little bit more speed and space. Some of the, some of the air raids, some of the tempo, some of the spread concepts that have come to the NFL. The the demands of the throwing game that are so, so much more a a part of the game in college. It just makes guys more experienced. They've had just had more reps, more turns. I mean, out route's an out route, you know, a slant route's a slant route and whatever level you're playing on, it's not that much different. So if you've had logged a bunch of opportunities uh, there's no doubt. I, I don't know so much about the versatility because it just depends on how how uh, a staff would have played their guys. You know, because mm-hmm. you got to get those different looks. You got to line up in different spots. Um, like Kobe Bryant ha- hadn't been a nickel, you know, and so he he had a lot to learn last year. Uh, Devin has been in and out some more, so he's got more background. But it just depends, I think, on where they come from. Well, how about the opportunity for you though in matchups where you've got uh, a Shanahan that has the chess pieces he has and McVeigh that moves them around and a Philadelphia that incorporated you know, like. Doesn't that, I, I would think that that gives you more week to week opportunity with that kind of versatility to match up in maybe ways that, again, you haven't been able to in the past? Yeah, we, we, we will be, we will have more flexibility. There's no doubt about it. And we'll have more, um, we won't be reluctant to put, to put, uh, um, say, Julian Love on a slot guy or Julian Love on, on tight ends because he's done that in his background and it's very comfortable covering different style routes and concepts and things. So we, that does give us flexibility. Hopefully, uh, if we do it well and, and the guys take advantage of that, um, we'll have a chance to, you know, to, to really do some cool things. It's, it's really fun for me now. I have as much flexibility as I could ever have uh, with, with our guys and, and moving them around and positioning. And all. When Jamal gets back in there, same thing. Jamal gives us a whole different variety of things that, that a safety can do that is really fun to coach and, and all that. So uh, we're already anticipating that. I was told to ask you this question. Has Jackson dropped a pass yet in any practice? Yes. He has. Yes, he has. He I has. was told he had not. So I, know, he has. I know. I know. He, I know. There people are saying that. I've seen him drop a couple balls. Okay. Two balls, and those are in in running routes on air. <laughs> not there was not when he's being defended. <laughs> not when, in any. He, his targets are. He's 100 percent target wise uh, in in team drills. Think of that. I mean, every time we throw him the ball, he's caught it, and that not no defender got in the way, no bad throw. <laughs> it's just worked out. So he's like. I don't know, 20-something for Is he just sort of naturally open all the time? Well, 
yes, no, not all. It's naturally open. It's, it's he he has to do it. So he goes out there and, and puts himself in the right spot, makes the right choice and the right decision. And the QBs are are already, uh, you know, they're tuning into him. And so it's just it's been a marvelous uh, uh, realization that the guy could come in so fast and be a factor. He'll be in first first season. I mean, first series of the first game. He'll be probably getting the football thrown to him. I got to say one of your favorite words here, but it it really jumps out on this team is all the competition at all these different positions. And I was hoping to just asked uh, about Go. where some of them are at and specifically at outside linebacker my god i mean you just mentioned mafe and what he's done so far in year two i can't get over Derek hall what does that position look like yeah th- that that's about what we're missing uh, uh daryl taylor being out there right now but when he's there and chenna I mean, we don't we kind of overlook chenna because we're looking at the young guys so much chenna is, is a marvelous player on the edge for us daryl uh Darryl hall is now he he's he's going to factor in he's a monster of a guy physically really fast really got great great arm length and and is explosive he's got a great attitude he's tough as hell now and and so he's going to find his way into the rotation of it it's really it's helped Mafe too you know Boye has just improved his game from one year to the next but the two of those guys are battling it they're duking it out with with uh, Cross and, and and Big Abe you know on the edge every day and and uh, getting better at it uh, Daryl uh, is the most flashy of our guys Russian wise and so uh, that's a good part of it so we're we're excited about those guys and some of the young guys coming up are, are pushing too you got more competition. Go ahead. Sam. I'm sure. I mean, but we what could you pick one. How about uh, how about center and guard? Well, the center spot, Olu's done a really good job. Unfortunately, he's had an elbow that's kind of bothering him. It's holding him back a little bit. Uh, but Evan has done really well. Uh, Evan Brown really showed well early on, showing great command. And it, it seems his experience sh- seems to show up in his kind of you know, ownership of the spot. But Olu it, could, could jump in there right now and, and battle at that level, too. So that's a really good spot for us. Joey, don't forget Joey Hunt. Joey Hunt is a very experienced, very well-tooled, and a tough-as-hell kid uh, in, that, in the three spot right there. So... That's a good one. Uh, at guard, uh, we probably had the most fun watching Anthony Bradford last week. If you go back and look at some of the clips there, he nailed some guys. He is physically 342 pounds last week. And remember that the guy runs five flat something, you know, 502 or something in the 40. It, his athleticism with that size shows up and makes him special. Um, Phil Haynes is playing well, playing good ball, and we love what D. Lou does on, on the other side. But that combination right in there is, is, a, is a good mix. Bradford versus Bobo in a 40. Who do we take? Oh, so, no, is no that matter, not right? No matter what you put Bobo in competitively, he's going to do pretty good. Well, he seems like he does, and I'm impressed because he went to Beaumont Hill, which makes him a silver spoon guy like me. So oh, I'm impressed go. that there he's uh, that he's. I think his mom is a teacher there. Did you ever have his mom? I didn't go to. I went to the. I went to BB9. Oh, yeah, we're we're, we're competitors. Right, okay. Thank you. you we're much better than my Beaumont bad. Hill. Of course, yeah. we never beat them in a single game of anything in my, my time at BB9. <laughs> but does he have a real shot at, at making this team? It sure looks like it between special teams and what he's doing. He's making his bid for it, man. He's making stuff happen uh i think the thing that's good that's good to notice he doesn't practice all the time this is not uncommon for him to go out and make a play in the game the great the great play he had in the game was really on the punt you know that was a fantastic play and timing and awareness and spatial awareness and all that really showed up right there I just can't get back to what you said 20 some minutes ago multiple guys over 20 miles an hour like not yeah. not just one guy, but multiple guys. Salt, have you ever seen somebody run on a treadmill 
Like it's got to be a really souped At up treadmill. Twelve miles an hour. Are you insinuating that he doesn't go into the gym? All right. right. <laughs> no, 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 no. This, I mean, is, the, this is the grief I take. I'm no, I'm saying the Woodway yeah. treadmills that go to 25 miles an hour. He's probably right. never seen those at the gym. How, who hit 20? When you watch a human drop, run 20 miles an hour on a treadmill, you wouldn't believe it. And yeah. they're doing this in the game. Who hit 20? Yeah, Flanders was at 20, and uh, Benji was Benji Franklin was at 20, um, wow. and uh, somebody else was at 20. Uh, um, then so they're they're flying now. They're flying. It's, it's exciting to see. Hmm. Well, this has been fun. Give me last thing here. Uh, you, I always ask you this every uh, off season. What did you read, and, and what are you trying to incorporate into your coaching this year? Um, uh, the the stuff that I'm trying to incorporate right now is about teaching. We're we're, we're working on our teaching, you know, and and the teaching leads to our learning because really in coaching, the teaching is as important as the learning is. Uh, so we've been working really hard conceptually. We've even come up with a couple new thoughts and things that we're we're working talking about dealing with issues, you know, sight issues and then uh, and then expressing issues to your team to your players and then practicing the issues and then and then seeing the results of those issues so uh, is that taking. an accountability thing yeah it is it is and it's it's uh, we're really trying to focus on the littlest of things that we can coach and teach and, and and then take the player through a process where they have to be exposed to what they're dealing with and then <clears throat> they see them Sells practice at it, and then they see that the results of it, and then we come back and, and reinforce. It's a really big part of a, something that's been easier to do than it used to be. Here? Uh, I don't know, and I don't know if it's easier. I just think a little more you know, centralized focus. Uh, really trying to get everything we can out of the coaches and in that exchange with the players. We have a really good group, and it's a group that we can take deep into their their studies of their game, and so we're trying to do a really nice job of presenting that to them. We got to run, Coach. Okay. This is always fun. Thank you. It's Here great we go. to catch up with you. And mm-hmm. I told Brock, I thought Thursday night was the most fun preseason game I could rem- remember in a decade. I agree. With I you. really enjoyed. I, it. I agree with you. I, I had a freaking blast. And you didn't even get to listen to Mike B the whole time, which oh, made it even more fun. Oh, that's why I had to. I had to tune him in afterwards. <laughs> Coach, appreciate it. Thank you so Let's much. We'll talk to you soon. We'll be back tomorrow morning, six a.m. KJ Wright Show at eight o'clock. It's Brock and Salk in the hay. Say hey to KJ. Get to the chopper.